Well, good morning, church. I love welcoming the church that way because it reminds us that regardless of whether we are in this room physically, whether we are at peace in Tustin, the Holy Spirit is living and active through us right where we are. You are the church. Well, my name is Nathan. I am blessed to serve here at St. John's and Peace in Tustin as a pastor. And it is my privilege this morning to bring the Word of God to you uh, as we both uh, hear from the Word of God, as we experience what it has for us. It's a powerful reminder that the Holy Spirit poured out on Pentecost is still moving and active through God's Word today. So let us go to God in prayer as we start, praying that he would move by the power of his Holy Spirit through his word. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the gift of your word as it comes to us in the Bible. We thank you for the way your Holy Spirit moves through the word to call us to faith and points us to the hope we have in Jesus Send your spirit into our hearts and lives today, opening our minds to all that you have for us. All these things we lift up in your son's most holy and precious name. And we all said together right where we are, amen. Well, I can remember the anticipation that me and my brothers felt as kids. I think you know what I'm talking about. We would we would each day notice underneath the Christmas tree a stack of boxes that progressively got higher and higher and spread around the tree. Those were the moments of anticipation where we eagerly awaited opening the presents. Sure, the crackle of the fireplace, the warm glow of lights, the smell of the pine tree, all great things. But what we wanted, what we wanted was to get our hands on those presents. As soon as my parents would leave the room, we would be first in there to pick up the box, shake it, rattle it, uh, try to figure out what was each, in each one, and then, and then carefully try to place it back under the tree so that our parents would have no idea what we had been up to. But if you're anything like us, Often those gifts that we so eagerly anticipated weeks before, well, a couple weeks after Christmas, found their permanent home on a shelf in our house. Today is Pentecost. At Pentecost, God poured out his greatest gift, the Holy Spirit, out on his church each of us have been given that gift. And as I was thinking about Pentecost today, I wonder how many of us treat Pentecost like those presents given at Christmas. It may be great for us to take it off the shelf once a year, look at it, and think, well, that's a nice story for back then, and then place it back on the shelf to go about our lives as if nothing has changed. When the story of Pentecost is so much more than that, and it has implications for your life today. 
What if the story of Pentecost, I want you to ponder this today. What if the story of Pentecost is the very power of God to change you, to change this church, to change the world? We're going to spend some time today in God's Word. And before we do, I'd like to give a little bit of context to what it is talking about. And I want to invite you to find yourself in the narrative. Put yourself in the disciples' shoes. What has just happened? And if you think about it, the disciples have experienced a pretty incredible last couple months. But they have watched their teacher ride into the city of Jerusalem upon a donkey. They had shared an intimate meal with him. They had watched their leader and friend be crucified on a cross. They had experienced the resurrected Jesus as he visited them over and over. They had seen Jesus rise and ascend to the Father, to a position of power. And before he did that, Jesus had promised the disciples his Holy Spirit. He told them, wait in the city of Jerusalem for the gift that I will give you. And this gift, it would shake things up. We're going to pick up the story starting at verse 1, and it says this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The wind, the noise, the fire, the speaking in tongues, all powerful movements of God in an unexpected way. I can only imagine what that event must have been like for the disciples. But I think sometimes we can focus on the huge things that are going on in that story, only to miss out on a subtle, more personal miracle that has happened right there in their midst. A miracle that has happened for us. What if this story isn't just about a group of folks speaking in tongues? What if it's about people who had no tongue suddenly speaking? Let me show you what I mean. This story centers on the disciples. And, and like we had just talked about earlier, they had gone through the events of the Passion Week. They had seen their Lord taken away from them, and as he was led away, other gospel accounts tell us that they all fled and left Jesus alone. A Peter followed at a distance, and, and, and when questioned three times, about his relationship with Jesus, he remained 
silent. He had no tongue to speak. And as I was thinking about Peter and the amazing transformation that would happen just weeks later, it made me ask myself, and I invite you to ask yourself the same thing. I want to invite you to put yourself in Peter's shoes. Ask yourself this question. Have you ever remained silent when you should have spoken? Maybe you failed to speak out against injustice. I was reminded just how broken our world is by turning on the news this morning. How often do we see hurting and broken situations around us, evil and atrocity, and remain silent? Maybe for you, it's in your household. You have the opportunity to extend grace and encouragement and kindness to your family. Yet you fill your life with so many things. You're so tired at the end of the day, you remain silent. Maybe for you, it's not extending a word of encouragement to someone who has apologized or, uh, I mean, a word of forgiveness to someone who has apologized to you. Not extending the very grace to them that you yourself have been given. Or like this story, when your life begs the question and someone asks you, who is this Jesus? You remain silent. Why do we, who've been given a voice, often remain silent? I think there's maybe several reasons that, as I was thinking about it in this last week, came to mind. The first is insecurity. Have you ever heard of imposter syndrome? My wife and I talk about this pretty frequently. It's a word and a phrase that gets tossed around a lot these days. Psychology Today defines imposter syndrome as this. People who feel as that they are, we'll start that again, people who feel that they aren't as competent or intelligent as others might think, and that soon enough, people will discover the truth about them. Maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you think to yourself, I haven't been a Christian for that long. I haven't spent that much time in prayer or Bible study. Maybe I've never read much of the Bible. Or maybe you're like, well, I haven't gone to seminary. I'm not qualified to talk about Jesus to others. I want to remind you of this powerful truth from the Pentecost story. That what God did through a bunch of simple fishermen is start a movement that still continues in the world today. Well, maybe for you, it's not so much imposter syndrome. Maybe for you, it's guilt. This is a very real issue. Maybe you think to yourself, I've messed up pretty bad in my life. If only everyone knew what I have been through, how I have messed up. If only they knew what I'm going through right now, the battles I'm waging in my life. I have no place 
talking about Jesus to anyone. I want to remind you how the story of Pentecost, the gift given, took a bunch of people who had deserted Jesus just weeks before and empowered them to open their mouths and preach that very message of forgiveness to a broken and hurting world. And maybe for you it's fear. Maybe it's the fear that, you know, what will people say? Will they judge me? Will they hurt me if I act in a way that is contrary to the way the world behaves? And I say to you this, God used a cowardly disciple who couldn't speak up when he was asked about his relationship with Jesus to open his mouth on Pentecost and proclaim a message where 3,000 people were added to their number that day who were being saved. A miraculous testimony to the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Because here's the good news for you today. Jesus came to be bold when you were cowering in fear. He fixed his eyes bravely on the cross, and he went there willingly, died for our silence. He rose again, giving us new life with him for eternity. He ascended to the right hand of the Father to give his disciples, his followers, a plan and a purpose. And he's poured out his Holy Spirit, not just on his disciples, but a gift that keeps being poured out on you, the church, today. You individually. He's given his Holy Spirit to give you the power to proclaim. See, there's only one reason you're even able to say Jesus is Lord. The Bible tells us that we can only say Jesus is Lord by the Holy Spirit working in our hearts. Even your very ability, what you think is your ability to believe, is not something you can even do. We know that the Holy Spirit calls us to faith, opens the word to us, points us to Jesus, and gives us that gift of salvation by trusting in Jesus. It's all the working of the Spirit in our lives, lest you think, well, I'm not even sure if I have the Holy Spirit. If you are able to confess Jesus Christ as Lord, the Holy Spirit is at work in your heart. If you've been baptized, the Holy Spirit has been poured out into your life. And that very same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you. All of this reminds us of this powerful point. All of this shows us that Pentecost wasn't just God's plan for the past. It is his restorative power for your present it's not just God's plan for the past, something that happened those thousands of years ago, but the very same Holy Spirit has been poured out on each and every single one of us. It's his restorative power to proclaim in our midst. Now, now that you are filled with the Holy Spirit, Church, we open our mouths to proclaim. The world needs hope. 
the Spirit produces a proclamation of that hope to a world who so desperately needs it. I'm reminded that this isn't just a gift given to individuals. It's a gift given to the church. The church is a temple of the Holy Spirit. He is moving not just through each of us individually, but us corporately as a church. I want you to think about it this way. Each of us has been given different gifts by the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. What if each of us daily prayed, how can I use those gifts to love and serve my neighbor with the love that I've been shown? Imagine an entire church deployed, sharing those gifts with the world. Imagine the impact that would happen to a church mobilized and empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's what drives us into the world. It's what gives us words to speak and a voice to proclaim. I love this quote. It was once said that the Spirit is the power of God which enables the church to go public with the good news. That good news is the restorative hope of forgiveness that our lives are transformed by what Jesus has done for us. And now we, church, boldly live out our lives proclaiming in both word and action love to the world that they so desperately need. As we finish today, I want you to think about that. Pray that the Holy Spirit would place someone on your heart and on your mind that you might be able to share the love and the message of Jesus Christ with in the coming week. And as our churches begin to think about reopening our doors, let us not forget that the Holy Spirit was with us as we were deployed in our homes and in our neighborhoods, that he moved in powerful ways, that we were never alone. And the same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you and moves through you as you proclaim that hope to others. Amen.